Who needs an alarm in the morning when McDonald's has sausage, egg, and cheese McGriddles and a breakfast cutoff? Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. There's no purpose in teaching anybody who don't really want to learn, who really don't want to get to it. Everybody want to play entrepreneur. They don't want the sacrifice that come with this shit. True. Late nights, early mornings. You're going to lose friends, lose girlfriends, family going to call you crazy, not going to believe in you, then you make it, and then everybody going to be like, I'm proud of you, let me get some money. What I've realized that wealthy people understand, mm-hmm. and people in general, is the small concepts that you can apply to get wealthy. You don't got to be super smart and got to know all the intricacies of real estate or taxes or e-commerce or whatever, trucking, yeah. whatever yeah, it, it is. It's good if you want to be rich in that business, but yeah. you don't need to know that. You don't need to know everything. You just need to know small, basic concepts. Mm-hmm. And one of the smallest basic concepts that anybody can understand is get money by income. Mm. Get money by more money. I woke up feeling wealthy today. My bank account might not agree, but hey, that shit on the way. Me and my niggas laying brick on top of brick till we straight. If you the type that play the victim, you can't come in my space. You know this game ain't for the weak, it's hard to carry this weight. I keep my balance through the ups and downs, I'm never gonna break. You feel the purpose in my spirit when you look in my face. Cause this ain't a second, I can waste something food on place. Wazam with it, Wazam family, it's your boy David. What's up with it, y'all? It's your boy Jalen, man. One of the founders of Black Wealth Renaissance Podcast. We, we back, back at, at it. it again. I know it's been a little minute since y'all heard from us, man. We've been y'all miss me? Yeah, we we we've been working. <laughs> I got locks now. <laughs> <laughs> that nigga do got locks now. <laughs> we've been working. Life been lifing, but we still here. Uh, still coming to deliver some quality content. For sure. Make sure that we giving you guys some value. Uh, today I'm ready. Really, really. Oh, excited, excited yeah, yeah we're we, we gonna get into a few just updates and stuff so one of the most important updates in my life i got a kid on the way y'all hey, i got a kid on the way i got a son i got a son on the way he's gonna be here in october so i'm, I'm man, excited about shooting up the club yeah man i have been shooting up the club dog <laughs> but dog, man congratulations my Appreciate brother definitely you, my brother. i'm definitely yeah, proud to see your your journey is this man. I've been here along with you. See it as as your woman been growing and y'all about to have this little baby she man. Like a little watermelon right now. I hope she don't hear this. <laughs> no, but man, it's gonna be dope, bro. Fatherhood gonna look good on you. Yeah, and man. Remember what we said? We was talking about with my boy Malik, man. Trying to be father figures, not dad bods. Hey, yeah, man. I ain't gonna lie. It's been it's been interesting. Just the things that you think about, you know, mm. while you're. Your seed is coming into this world. I've definitely been just trying to get more healthy. I know for sure with a little son, he gonna be active. So I gotta make sure he he his ass can't outrun me. I gotta make sure <laughs> yeah. I can beat him in all the sports at least yeah, until you stay on it, yeah at least yeah at least until about eighteen. I need to need him to know not to try dad, but also to think about just I gotta protect them. I gotta protect my yeah. family and stuff like That's that real. now. So it's like yeah. this shit. It just changes your whole aspect. Uh, it definitely gives you some sleepless nights just making sure am I doing the right thing to provide for them am I doing the right thing am I making the right choices that's going to get us to the goal that that's out there so I'm, I'm looking forward to it that's what's up bro yeah, yeah. Uh, it definitely make you focus I, I only had a pregnancy scan. I ain't got no kids uh, I definitely had a few of those I don't know too. if I got no, no yeah. little one walk around around that I don't know about <laughs> but uh <laughs> 
Yeah, no, I was, like it definitely puts you in a different mode. Just the idea that like, okay, I'm not living for me now. I'm yeah. living for. I got yeah. a, a legacy to provide. It makes legacy so much more real. I'm not living for me. I'm living for three now. Okay. Yeah, bars. Okay. I'm not a rapper though. <laughs> uh, that poor. Indeed, indeed. Hell yeah. What's what's been new in your life, bro? man, bro? So I've been on this deployment life. Been doing my thing, grinding, stacking paper. Uh, still, still stacking these coins, man. We're gonna get into this real estate game. Outside of that, uh, man, family has been uh, it's been a challenging time in my life with that. I recently lost my grandmother and my great grandmother. Once again, oh, sorry, sorry for your yeah, losses, bro. man. Appreciate y'all, brothers, man. Yeah. Appreciate you pulling up to my grandma's funeral. That no really problem, means a lot man. to me, my brother. Yeah, man. You but, know, uh, you know, always like, here for you, bro. Loss is one of those weird things where it's like everybody grieves different, and it always, to me, it puts things under a microscope. I hadn't lost nobody close to me since I was like eight, and I remember that when I was eight, and it was like. Just this this deep feeling of like remorse and remorse, stuff like, like, like all these things that I couldn't do. But now, as I've grown and just become adult, I recognize that like even though you may have lost a family member, they're not gone. They're still with you. And I choose to live with the memories and the lessons that those that my grandmother and my great grandmother instilled in me. So I just like I, I won't say that like it doesn't hurt to not have the people that you love anymore. But it makes it easier whenever you know that what you're doing, you're carrying that legacy on with you. I'm carrying that torch. The sacrifices my great-grandmother made and my grandmother made to get me to the point where I am now, I'm about to take it and go crazy. Because, look, we about to – somebody got to be the first millionaire in the family. Yeah, that's a fact. Me. You heard that's me? We're going to break some of these generational curses. Yeah, big wealth energy. Big wealth yeah. energy. We big coming through it with it. Yeah. Okay, I like got that. To. Yeah, yeah. 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 put that on a shirt. You know what I'm saying? Ooh, I like uh-huh. Yeah. Energy. That point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But indeed, mm-hmm. but yeah, no, nah, bro. Other than that, just stacking these papers, having some good times with my peoples, man. Trying to enjoy life with the people that mean the most to you. Because mm-hmm. I mean, what, what's life if you don't have nobody to enjoy? That, that, that's a fact, man. Even uh, with like us, with I know at one point, especially whenever we was getting started with this, we we're putting a lot of time and energy just into the business. And I know for sure, like. The personal, family, relationship yeah, for personal yeah. relationship sacrifices, spending time with your family. You had to make all those sacrifices. But at the end of the day, what's really most important? Mm-hmm. So, that's that, yeah, that's that's something good to always just keep in mind. You can you you got your whole life to make money, but you don't never know when the person who means something to you going to be gone. And you making the money so that you can have time the, with the, them. The, exactly. The money is always just a tool to buy the time. That's mm-hmm. how we feel with this. But man, man, we back let's in go. the studio. Let's go, let's go, man. Let's man. go, man. Like, come on, bro. Like it been since what? When last time we recorded, like April. Yeah, we Easter. April? I know yeah, y'all on missed Easter. us on Easter. I know y'all missed us. Hey, look, these we, other podcasts ain't hitting like the yeah. We, we coming podcast. back with vengeance, dog. and y'all know we coming back. We punching you like T Dub Crawford was beating up on my boy Errol Spence. You heard me? Yeah, yeah, uh, you ain't uh, have to do that. Son. You ain't have to do that. You ain't have to do that. I ain't gonna lie. That nigga live in Dallas. That nigga gonna see your big ass. I'm sorry, I don't box. I slam, big dog. We can go for it. Hey, man, yeah. that, nigga, that nigga hit hard. And he <laughs> <get fast. laughs> that's crazy. You gotta catch him first, nigga. Hey, that's crazy. 
Facts, though. Facts, let me stop talking shit. Earl, you still got respect, big dog. That nigga did whoop your ass. We just keeping it in Hell yeah, and I know you're doing that. that you bought some land, too, so if you want to get on the pod, let's talk about it, how you build a generation well, okay, too. I like it. Look at Shameless Plug. Yeah, man. Yeah, come on, man. That we part, talk about We on positivity. We ain't on bullshit. Hell yeah. But again, y'all, we coming back at y'all with another pressure episode. Something long overdue. And man, cut that on turn, in the turn, background, turn, man. Turn me come up, on. man. Come on, turn me up. Oh, oh man. shit. Come on, it, it's fucking disconnected. Come on, turn me up, man. We got a brother, man. I met him, shit, this almost two years ago now. Out here in DFW, and it's been amazing to see the growth from this man within his business in the real estate space. Y'all know BWR, man. We love to talk about real estate because that is the number one driver of wealth. And it's been great to see what this brother do, man. Brother out here. From South Florida, you know what I'm saying? Pompano boy. Yeah, man, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, Came out yeah. here to Dallas yeah. and ran it the fuck up. One of the top real estate developers in the area. And he got some crazy stuff in the pipeline, some crazy stuff going on, and really been pouring back into the community to get this information that he got. We got none other than my man, Mr. Will Cyrus, a.k.a. PBD Will. Come on, man. Yeah, Come hey, on, you man. See so, so, you see it? You see it? You see it? I ain't see it. You see it? Yeah. That part. For sure. How you doing, brother? Man, I'm doing good, man. I'm glad to be here, man. Appreciate y'all, boy, for bringing me on, man. Hey, man I appreciate you, dog. I just want to say, y'all, it is 1037 at night, and this man is doing this with us. Once again, we hungry. That drive is there, and uh, we going to break through some walls. So appreciate you for doing this for us nah, tonight, nah, my love. brother. Appreciate yeah, that, yeah, for yeah. real. Definitely. Definitely. Coming here, pulling up all of us on the sweet yeah, looking man. all. He's looking like a flaw. Looking like a flaw, hey, nigga, man. man. He know how it is. with the with the platinum. Nah, is. is that platinum, nigga? <laughs> then he got the he got the yeah. loafers on too. Hello, he man. Comfortable as hell. You already know, man. <laughs> for the babies, man. That's <laughs> what do we say for the babies? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. But yeah, no, like as Jalen said, bro, really do appreciate you pulling up. Uh, I know I kind of briefly introed you, bro, but I always love for our guests just to follow out our listeners that may not know, they may be under a rock, never heard of you. Let me hear about about Will and how he got into where he at now, man. Man, I mean, keep it a buck, man. Like, you know, of course, my name is Will Cyrus from Pompano Beach, Florida, born and raised, uh, film and bride, kind of what we call it. Um, my people, we moved to like Deerfield when I was about like 10, so we moved to Deerfield. So I was born in Pompano, raised in Pompano my early years. Then we moved to Deerfield. So if you know anything about Deerfield, it's like 10, 5, 10 minutes away from Pompano. Mm-hmm. Pompano, they call it the know you, the real know you. And Deerfield, they call it the field. So we moved to Deerfield, you know what I'm saying, whatever, in the hood. You know, I was raised in the family. Like, you know, my dad was a dope boy back in the day. Went to the feds, you feel me? So I come from a family full of everybody going to the feds, you know, catching big charges, big cases, whatever the case may be. You know what I'm saying? So I come from like a drug family, whatever, mm-hmm. you know, we got we, we did we did in the streets we got it out by the grace of God you know God you know put His mercy on me His grace on me and I was able to use my street smarts for good mm. so you know what I'm saying I went to college played sports you know what I'm saying ran track um, played football but obviously sports wasn't in my calling you know I wasn't gonna make it to the Olympics the nigga wasn't fast enough uh, but you know football didn't work out I got injured. So I just had to figure out, okay, what was my purpose and what was my identity in life as a man? And us as black men, you know, we got to really, like, sit down, like, chop it up with God and figure out what our true calling is. Because God has called all of us to be leaders. He called all of us to be kings. And he called all of us to be leaders, protectors, and providers. I call it LPP, leaders, protectors, providers for okay. our families, like our that. communities, 
You know what I'm saying For our ladies Whatever the case may be So I had to have I call that real nigga moment Which I had to sit down With myself And be like Dang bro Like What you gonna do With your life Like At this point I'm in college All thing I did Was smoke weed Sell weed And hunch girls And I'm like Dang bro Like I ain't really got no drive No purpose in life Like You know what I'm saying It's kind of crazy How everything went full You know full circle And I started my company Purpose Builder and Developments But you know I was at like a real like Dark place in my life I'm like really trying to find myself as a man You know like man What am I put on this earth to do What What is my calling Yeah I'm making money Whatever I, I was always a hustler I'ma get money You feel me Regardless But like I didn't I wasn't getting no purpose You know what I'm saying And it, and it hit different You know what I'm saying When You know what I'm saying You interact the two When you marry The purpose With the profit You know what I'm saying God's plan the provision For your life You get that clarity It's like It's just easy bro Like like that stress that you used to stress about, like how am I gonna do this? How am I gonna do that? Like when you walking in that identity that God called you to, you know everything's gonna be all right. Like even when like ish get messed up, you know you may have a down season, cause it ain't always up. You feel me? You know on the ground, you know people like to make it seem like it's always like up. Uh, you feel me? Like hell no, nah. yeah, nah, it's hell definitely nah. not always up though. Nah, definitely not, bro. But you know that's kind of like a little bit of you know on my story a little bit. You know I came a long way, got it out the mud. I ain't had no mentors, I, you know, no rich aunties, nobody to give me a hand that, you know, it was just me thinking, God, figuring stuff out, you know, spending money, making mistakes, you know, talking to God, you feel me? And like figuring it out, bro, it just it just landed the way it did, you feel me? So like, but, yeah, oh, I was just about to say What led you to the real estate route? Had you tried any other entrepreneurial endeavors before you got into real estate? Yeah, that's a good question, bro. So, like, before I stepped in the real estate game, like, boy, so you've been a hustler your whole life. I've been man. a hustler my whole life. You feel me? Like, a businessman. I don't see you as a hustler, a yeah. businessman. Come on. Businessman. You already know, like, you know, of course, like, where we from, you know, any black community, I ain't going to make it seem like we just so much tougher than everybody mm-hmm. else. But, like, one thing I will say, but some different kind of hustlers in Broad County, Florida, like, boy, boy, we, we just get it a little different. So, you know, I was a hustler, you know, I did what I did. I ain't, ain't gonna talk on nothing, you know. You know, shout out to them boys, you know, wherever they at, whether they dead, whether they in jail, feds, that's you know, shout out to them boys, but like we did what we did, you know. But for me, I started to use my, my smarts for good. Cause a, a nigga was always like smart, like super mm-hmm. smart. Like I understood like how the how the world worked, like deductive reasoning, kinda like an educated Tupac, mm-hmm. like a business Tupac, you feel me? I like that. You know what I'm saying? So like you know, I just start like think about stuff. I'm like, okay, bro, like, okay, I should go to get an uh, insurance. So, like, I don't know. I was crazy enough to get into insurance in my early 20s. So, I ran my bag up in insurance. You know, did extremely well in insurance. Insurance was, sales, right? Uh, like, insurance sales. agent. Yeah, life insurance, health, and annuities. I was in the hood, you know, sending out mailers, you know, because I'm, I'm an ex-hood nigga. I kind of talk a little country, a little hood. Now, who's gonna let me be that financial planner? Is what I thought at first. But in all reality, yeah. you exactly who they were looking for. Cause I know, like, I'm from small town. Jalen yeah. visited the town yeah. with my people from Church yeah. Point. I remember up until early 2000s, it was this white dude that would come door to door, knocking on people's house. Billy Graham and Doe knocking. Selling insurance policies, yeah. collecting the money still. So, it's like, imagine how refreshing it is to have somebody that look like me, that can talk like me, relate to me, that actually know this information. Real talk, yeah, that, that part for sure. Yeah, so like, you know, I went like, you know, I got an insurance, make my bag there, 
And I was like, dang, bro, like, I got I got a couple hundred cheese right now. Like, I done ran up a couple hundred thousand. Like, what am I going to do with this? So I went and bought some land, you feel me? Started buying land, different places, trying to figure out what I was going to do to flip my bag. And then, like, God kind of gave me the vision, like, for purpose building and developments. And I was crazy enough to just listen to God, bro, like, not to make it, like, so spooky deep. Mm-hmm. But, like, for me, in my story, that like, that's how it went, bro. Like, God literally told me, like, all right, you going to name this company Purpose Building Developments. You know, I'm from the hood, so I'm like, bro, I'm like, what the hell? Like, that lame man name, like, I'm finna get picked on, bro. Like, you know, you from the hood, I ain't finna get no hoes, did they? Like, you feel me? Like, but that's the beauty about business. Bitch ain't about hoes, bitch about that money. Like, you feel me? I be talking to God like I'm in the, like, like he a hood nigga. Yeah. I'm like, I'm like man, nigga, this name ain't lame, God. This ain't lame man name. I'm like, you ain't got nothing better for me, my dog. You know what I'm saying? You feel me, man? What you talking about, bro? Purpose builder. My name is Purpose Builder. <laughs> but what, what made you act hey. on that name and say, okay, okay I'm going to listen to you? That's good, Jalen, because, mm-hmm. right, whenever we start talking about that, we talk about this often between ourselves. Obedience. Yeah. Whenever you get a message from God, do you follow that message? Yeah. Because, like, it... It's easy to hear it sometimes, but the harder part is obedience. So what made you stick with it? Because you said the name lame, you know what I'm saying? But Yo. here we are 10 years later. I got it on the chain. I said, yeah, nigga, you got a truck wrapped in it. You heard me? I got me? a truck wrapped in it, man. I don't know, bro. Like, God just was like, bro, he like, you know, when God tell you something that's really from God, he won't let you go to sleep without you completing his mission. Mm. So it was really like one of those things for me. Like, I was running away from God for a long time. Even when a nigga was doing what he was doing, like, I call it street activities, whatever. You know, like, you know, I may not look like what I've been through, but you're not supposed to. You know what I'm saying? But, you know, I just, you know, I was disobedient. You know, I was like, I don't want to do that. I would rather go do this. I'm doing well in finance. I'm just going to stick to finance. And he just kept beating on me like, hey, I want you to start this business. I want you to start this company. So right before the pandemic, I was like, all right, God, I hear you, bro. I'm going to do it. All right, cool. I'm going to. Get this lame name. This little, I'm gonna get picked on. Probably it's kind of corny, and I didn't really understand the significance of what God was saying to me those years before. So you know, it, it really was like that eureka moment. I call it when I went to you know when I went to get my LLC from LegalZoom. I, you know, I hit up LegalZoom at like 2 a.m. in the morning. Picked up my phone, clicked some buttons, went to LegalZoom. All right, let me see if this lame man name available. <laughs> <laughs> I'm cursing, but like, this is really, I'm just trying to keep it a buck. You feel me? Yeah, yeah. So I said, I said, all right, this time I know it's probably from the devil. So if I look this name up and it's taken, I'm going, I'm going crazy. What's that bad? We used to smoke back in the day or something. So I'm like, looking at my phone, I look, it said, in the state of Texas, it says, purpose builder. In developments is available. I said, damn. <laughs> well, I gotta go ahead and take it. I gotta <laughs> take it, man. They, they like, at least that's what I thought yeah. it was mm-hmm. at that time. I thought it was lame, bro. Like, I ain't gonna cap with you. And, you know, to everybody else, they like, man, man I love that name, man. I, I love that it myself, too. Da, da, da. At the time, like, I ain't really see much value of stocking. It just was like, all right, God, I hear you, I guess. And then, bro, I, cre- I kid you not, bro. I was obedient to God. You know, he talked about obedience is better than sacrifice. And I just did it, bro. I was crazy enough to just, all right, God, I'm going to trust you. I'm, You know, hey, that's what you told me to do. It sounds a little crazy. I don't really understand this right now. I hate what you're saying, but it's kind of like, all right, we're we, 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 we going to see what happens. If it don't work, then I ain't listen to you no more, bro. That's how I was like. And then, before you know it, bro, like overnight, bro, Purpose Builder just, it blew up, bro, turned so, to a 
multi-million dollar company, like, just off a simple, like, still voice from God, like, you know, over, you know, maybe a two, two-year period of, hey, I want you to do this, I want you to do this. And then just being obedient, like, God just blew my mind, you feel me? Mm-hmm. That's so, up. So, before this, you had no experience in real estate, right? You never never worked in the arena or anything like that. And when you getting into real estate, you didn't go for, like, most people, right? Most people trying to get yeah. the base hit. You came I want in some rental property and shit like that. Yeah. You came in and you came into deals that were larger, right? You didn't your first deal. Can you kind of talk about that one, son? Oh, yeah, for sure. So like, you know, like, um, I had my experience was like I was always aware around the type of dude. Like, like I understood like just about any industry, and I had a finance background, mm-hmm. so I understood banking, right? How bankers like think, right? How underwriting works. How if you want to like get funded for something like how to position yourself from a finance perspective, you feel me? In order to get approved, because in order to get into real estate development, new construction, flipping, no matter what you're trying to do, remodeling, investing, you gotta have some capital, mm-hmm. you know. And how else are you gonna get this capital? You gotta figure out creative and innovative ways to you know raise funds. You know, some people do. You know, I call it like you know syndicate funding, right? When mm-hmm. they go ask community, friends, and families. But, you know, I wasn't trying to be no, you know, trying to hold no church building fund. You feel mm-hmm. me? I'm trying to, like, you know, like, go to these banks, talk to all these white folks. Like, all right, cool. How do I need to position myself? How do I need to leverage myself? You know, what is that next step? What does that look like? So I got my credit right, got my credit together, and went and got all these business credit cards. You know, at 0% APR. Mm-hmm. So, like, you know, I had, like, maybe, like, 80000 at a time. I didn't really understand, like, at that time, the power of like what business credit could do. Mm-hmm. 80,000 at zero percent APR for what, yeah. 12, 18 months? Yeah, 12, some 12, 14, all in between. So, like, I just had all this cash. I'm like, okay, cool. I'm like, damn, I ain't got to use none of my money. So, what I'm going to do next? So, like, at that time, this was before all the laws and regulations got strict on hard money lending for new construction. So, I didn't have the experience like that. Right. So, my experience at that time was like, I did some flips, but I didn't have no new construction experience. Mm-hmm. So I had to literally search the, the country for a, a lender that would use, you know what I'm saying, my non-experience and give me money towards a deal. So I found the lender, and the lender was like, okay, as long as you have a GC that has experience, and you put down 20%, we'll fund your deal. Mm-hmm. Like 100% the land and construction. So before that, I had, uh, you know, when they got a land loan, uh, which is hard as hell to find too, like, to find a company that would land on land because mm-hmm. I had a great land opportunity, so I just said, right, let me go get this land opportunity. You know, was that in Florida or was that in Texas? No, that was in Texas. Okay. So I had land, but I was like, I found a real, like, my first deal, it was a land, like, it was like 40-something thousand. So I'm like, all right, let me, like, this is a good deal. Like, I want to, you know, you know, I, w- I want to roll all this into one. I don't want to use any of my money or my land. I want to I want to try this. I want to try to figure this out because mm-hmm. if something go wrong, it ain't my land. It's it's the bank land. Y'all can have it. So I went and did that deal. Got a land loan on this deal. Uh, one, uh, one of my homeboys, one of my homeboy, but realtor, he brought the deal to me, and he had a homeboy, and his homeboy had a partner on this piece of land. And I said, all right, bro, sell it to me. Woo-woo. So went through that, got my credit right, boom. Had the business lines of credits, and then, like, boom. This was crazy, bro. Like, everything lined up. I refinanced that um that land loan into a construction loan. The hard money lender, you know, funded the whole deal, put down my money I had to put down, 
And literally, boom, they gave me all the cost of construction. I think this did, it was like 280, like 280,000. Mm-hmm. So including the land, it was 280 plus 40. So I don't know, call it 320. Like around, around, around 320. Mm-hmm. And I had to put down my 20%. Cause they they want you to have skin in the game, mm-hmm. so mind you, this deal was before everything changed. So like the information that I would give people today is way different than what I did. What year we talking with this? This was like end of twenty eighteen. Okay. Yeah. So twenty eighteen is way different from twenty twenty three. Laws, regulations, uh, a lot of banks failing. Like twenty twenty three, a lot of banks and hard money lenders are going out of business. Mm-hmm. So they have much much stricter laws than what they had in twenty eighteen. Mm-hmm. It was just like. You know, like Oprah, you 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 want a loan? You get a loan. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. As long as you meet yeah. the right criteria, you getting that down loan. You getting that down loan? Now they be like, oh shit, we want you to build thirty homes. Like mm-hmm. they they crazy, and you gotta have a real good relationship and a track record of actually doing what you say you are gonna do. Mm-hmm. Back then, you just needed a GC, and they'll loan it to you. You know, well, I ain't gonna say all people, but my specific lender. So that happened to me. Like, God just lined it up. Like, and, and when you say your specific lender, I'm sure you didn't go to, like, a J.P. Morgan Chase or something oh, like no, that. You no, went no. to one of the local banks, right? No, I went to a little shark. It was like a little, oh, I'm, I'm glad he went, he ain't jipped me, but like a little local small deal, you know, hard money lender. You know, he you know he brokered the deal. He was like a broker. So how the brokers work is they go and find you deals. They'll present your case, you know, to a, a large pool of Investors, right? It's a pool of people, hard money companies, all across the country. Mm-hmm. He found me some dude, some company way out in the goddamn Portland. I think it was in Portland, like Riverbend Lending. He was waiting in the middle of nowhere, and they, the deal just worked. Yeah. So they like the numbers, and they made it happen. Yeah, they made it happen. So, so, so with that, I, I just kind of want to make sure we paint the picture for us. So you had the funding, right, on your credit cards that what well, business credit cards? You use that to make the down payment on the hard money loan. And yeah. then the hard money you use to pay back that construction loan? Yeah, so, like, the hard money is, like, they, they give you any draws, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So my first draw, you know, I use my, my business credit, right? So my first draw for my guys to start cutting down trees and, you know, getting the, the pad set before you can put put down forms for foundation was, like, maybe, like, everything, like, I don't know, eight grand. So I just used my credit card, did a cash advance, paid my guy, and then called my hard money loan and said, hey, I need 14 grand. They sent the money over, paid off the credit card, and had six. Do the same thing, rinse, wash, and repeat. Now, you're not going to use your money. You're using the credit card, cash events, however you want to use it. Some of your guys have, yeah, I make the guys get on, you know, um, credit card processors, and I pay them a little 3% fee if I got to, whatever. Or I tell them, like, hey, this is how I'm going to pay you so you can make sure you got 1099. So you need to set this up and send me an invoice. Whatever. I got you. you. Got them getting legal and structured as yeah. well, making sure that you can process everything yeah. the right way. The right way. Cause I ain't trying to do cash advances every time. Yeah. But some lines of credits will, will give you like the money right then and there. You ain't got to pay no processing fees. Mm-hmm. You just got to pay interest on what you draw, what you pull. Mm-hmm. No different than a regular credit card. So that's how I did it, bro. I ain't use no money, bro. Like I just use their credit cards. Twelve to eighteen months. Only take you, depending on how big the house. You know, between three to six months to build a house. And I like, and I found, I did it at one time. I was like, damn, but it's been sweet. Like, you know, I made what I made. I made like well over six figures. I'm like, oh, damn. Bro. Like one deal? Well, one deal, bro. So I, I want to know, how'd you find the GC? Who, who'd you find to go 
in as the GC to get that deal done. So the, the dude I use, I ain't really use him. Like the deal who broke the deal, he put he put somebody on there. I got he you. like kind of Negro rigged it and made it work. He really made it. Happen. He it made was kind of like a ghost GC yeah, type ghost shit. GC. He never showed up to the project, but I had to pay him an extra like points. So they make you pay for points. His yeah, when you do a deal like the bank, the the broker right or the lender, they want you to pay points on the deal. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The more riskier you are, they are gonna make you pay more points. So I probably paid like four points, four point five points on this deal, whatever. But it is what it was. And points is a percentage of the overall the construction price, right? Okay. So four percent, I think the construction budget was like three twenty, whatever. Okay. So I had to pay like four points or four and a half. It was one or two, which I was like, I ain't tripping. I'm like, I'm, I got my business so like credit. Four points, just to be clear, four percent of three hundred twenty thousand. Yeah. So got you. Okay. Three hundred twenty thousand times four percent, and then it was like whatever it was. I'm gonna do the math for yeah. us. But yeah, so. You you basically GC'd everything yourself. Yeah, I did everything myself. Like it, that's crazy, yeah. bro. Because that's how, that was your first intro to real estate. Like you didn't. Well, I understood construction because yeah. I grew up in the hood. Mm-hmm. So when you grow up, all everybody in my family, all my granddaddies and stuff, like you know, because them boys had like you know they were felonies, felonies, you know, felons committing felons. They can only do a, construction. Yeah, they, they, they could get. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So like I grew up around niggas working with their hands that understood construction. My granddaddy did masonry and concrete and stucco, so I understood like construction, like how to build a house, like like I understood that part. But I self taught myself the business side, and that business side is with the financing, creative financing, mm-hmm. you know how to like think and like figure out how to get the money, you know the credit cards, you know how to talk to banks, you know um, how to go find new lenders, new banks, how to you know how to go find subs and contractors. That's the next hardest part is yeah. That's cool. You got construction experience. How do you build a team, right? How do you get people who are gonna finance your deals? You know, how do you? It's 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 a whole system, and yeah. I and I talk about that. That, like, cool. that was yeah. one of the parts that I wanted to get into was that team part, right? Because once again, I know you not physically out there laying the slabs oh, no, or anything bro. like that. So how do you find people you can trust who can actually carry out the work for you? So, bro, like, really, like, on my first deal, I ain't gonna lie, bro, I had some trash contractors, boy, like. You gotta get the yeah. growing pains in, though. That, that, that's yeah. the school of hard knocks right there. Nah, for sure, for sure. So, I ain't even gonna cap, bro, like, I try to keep it a buck. You know what I'm saying? Like, some people on the ground, they, like, they stunt for the mm-hmm. ground, they stunt on podcasts, but it wasn't, like, all glorious on my first deal. My second deal, it went a lot better. It was good. On my first deal, I just. So, you got a few niggas ran off on the plug and shit like that? Oh, yeah, bro. I lost about 30 bands, bro. Ooh, man. Like, yeah, like, you know, you know, bosses take losses. You feel me? If you went on a road trip and you didn't stop for a Big Mac or drop a crispy fry between the car seats or use your McDonald's bag as a placemat, then that wasn't a road trip. It was just a really long drive. At participating McDonald's. Who needs an alarm in the morning when McDonald's has sausage, egg, and cheese McGriddles and a breakfast cutoff? Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. You know, it, it wasn't sweet, bro. And, like, I was 38 hot at the time, you feel me? But, you know, you understand the game. It is what it is, like, bro. I'm glad you said that. So how would you not let your past and your street life Say I'm about to go fuck this nigga up Cause he didn't ran off on me with my money Really my relationship with God dog, Like you know I came a long ways Like mentally, spiritually, emotionally 
And like, you know, yeah, I ain't gonna lie, I contemplated. You know, I was, you know, I was trapped. I, I wanted yeah, to go run down. 30, 30 bands, I wanna be the nigga ass nah, too. Bro. I ain't gonna hold you. I just keep it real. I wanna take a blunt metal object <laughs> hey. and bust your ass, nigga. You took Look. thirty thousand dollars of my dollars? Yeah. <laughs> so to be to be fair, like one dude was eighteen, the other dude was four. It it totaled up thirty thousand. Yeah, it's, it's still so one yeah. dude was eighteen. That was the most on one specific f up during that whole project. You know what I'm saying? Sheesh. So nigga ran off eighteen bands on me, bro. Like I was like, damn, bro. Like you know, I was thirty eight. Nigga wasn't picking up a phone call no more. He ran off on the plug. Made it seem like it wasn't his fault. I ain't know what I was doing. Which in a sense. I kind of did, but at the same time, he didn't do the work right, and it was mm-hmm. clear, right? So, you know, nigga, nigga played me, you know what I'm saying? But, the, but the, I just went back to my street, to my street side, like, damn, bro, like, you know, it's just like a nigga gave you some bad dope. Like, you should have knew your product. That's mm-hmm. on you, bro. You mm-hmm. supposed to know what's going on. And I made, and I t- I made it my effort to know every aspect of my business, learn every aspect from supplies, how much materials cost, you know, supply chain. You know how to get stuff from China, like that's even a part of real estate development. Like all, you look at my houses on social media, man. I go to China, I go to different countries, India, wherever, and I just self-taught myself on how to get stuff for the low, get stuff for the cheap. Just like a nigga in the street, if you were selling dope, like you know what I'm saying. Where your plug gonna be at? You feel me? You ain't gonna, gonna be in America. Ain't gonna be in America. Like he gonna be in different countries. So you gotta understand supply chain and learn that and figure out how to get things that are. You know, at a cheaper, you know, um, rate. cost, mm-hmm. cheaper rate, but still push out a great quality and a great product. You know what I'm saying? So I just learned all that stuff, bro. Just researching, getting on the internet, you know, going to China. Like, why well, I ain't actually go to China, but like talking with the people, like, talking with people in China. Materials, yeah. Yeah, finding somebody overseas that's going up. You know, when you order something from somebody in China, you got to ship it here. So you got to find you a broker out there in China, you feel me? That's going to. Go and grab your stuff, put it on a shipping container, get it here, woot, woot, like all that, bro. It's a process in the system, no different than, you know, I tell like niggas in the street, like you can do this too. Like, mm-hmm. like it's, if you really think about it, you, you sit now, you think about it, if you're a real boss, bro, like real boss, bro, like, I'm gonna say this, like, the skills transferable. The skills transferable, more importantly, like, I always tell people, like, if, if somebody came to me and tell me, oh, I'm, I'm a drug dealer, I'm like, oh, you a peon, bro. Cause real drug dealers don't sell drugs. You got people on the corners selling the drugs. You you talking with the plug. You 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 the big boss. You you make you brokering deals to get them more work. No you don't even refer to yourself. Yeah, as a drug you guy. wouldn't. You know what I'm saying? That's lame. That's like you not making no money. Like if you a murderer in the streets, like you lame. Like to a, a real boss, it's like you out here killing people. Like if you was a you boss, a you wouldn't have to dumb. do that. You a crash dummy. You wouldn't have to do that. Like why you that that's like peon that's like mm-hmm. low level like we don't what you talking about bro like so you feel me like same thing with real estate bro it's like when you really sit back and think about it, you like damn bro like I can just sit up here call shots move pieces of the puzzle together you know figure out how to run my business in an effective and efficient way learn supply chain because construction and supply chain learn banking right. Just like how any get business, yeah. I get financing. You go get your MBA. That's gonna be certain components of you know your business curriculum. Mm-hmm. What supply chain, finance, accounting, and what else? Yeah, um, marketing. marketing. Uh, you know what I'm saying? These are, yeah, the same thing. All that stuff is applicable in running a a seven figure business. Like you gotta, and then you learn it in the streets, mm-hmm. whether you know it or not. If you're not paying attention, you know, so you kind of lose sight of that, but. 
It's the same thing. You feel me? Mm. So that first deal, right? I know you said profited over six figures. What was whenever you hit that bag, right? Was that the first big six figure like check that you had got like for something like that? Well, in real estate, yeah, yeah. bro. I was in insurance, I was making that too. Like that was easy. Like I made I made a bag in insurance too. So like so when you say a bag, I, I don't wanna just count your pockets, but what are we talking? What, what, nah, what you fuck made? it, I'm counting your pockets. <laughs> <laughs> nah, I wanna like, know what you was making, nigga. Nah, like insurance, bro, yeah, I made I made well over six figures in insurance, yeah. bro. Like I was I was making a bag, bro. I had hundred thousand dollar deals, like insurance policies. You know, I did a um, whole life case on a dude I met at a networking event. Some the dude was kinda a little loopy, a little crazy or whatever. But him and one of my joint work partners for so insurance, we call it joint work. You know, um, he had a little bit more experience in like dealing with like complicated, like, you know, high high ticket insurance cases. Mm-hmm. So I did a joint work case for him and made it made like a hundred bands. Yeah. And then I had a whole lot of deals like that, working with doctors and lawyers. I'll be making like ten bands on a deal, twelve bands. Yeah. And you doing four of those a month. Like I was making some good bread on top of like sending the insurance mailers. So I was Billy Graham and a door knocker. You send out an insurance mailer, you know what I'm saying, to a hood zip code, and then they sign back. You know, you know, grandma's she checked that mailbox. Mm-hmm. Older people for some final expense and burial insurance. You send them a mailer, tell them to write their signature, whatever the case may be. They gonna sign it, fill it out, put it in the mailbox, or however they do it, and they send it back to your PO box or your virtual mailbox. Then I go get my virtual mailbox, I'm like damn, but I got like three hundred signatures from on these cards and then you go knock on the lady though and then she'd be like oh you know you'd be like hey you know i'm just following up on this insurance request for final you know for barrier insurance then they'll be like oh no nah, i ain't do that no nah, that wasn't me and you look at the card be like you sure this not your signature right here oh no that ain't me and then you'd be like all right i'm like well if this isn't you i need to call you know the federal agencies to get them to come to this house because there's some type of you know fraudulent activity going on and she looks, oh, that's a cold line, though. <laughs> I was just saying, like, you a hustler, you got to be quick yeah. on your toes, you feel me? You know, and then you get in their highs, sign that insurance policy, make your little $500, and you got the whole street sold up. You know, you like you selling crack. You 500 here, 500 there. You walk out that day with three grand. You do that every day. And yeah. the better part about it, instead of selling fucking crack and destroying your community, yeah. you're giving people something that they actually need. Because exactly. how many times in our community we see the fish fries? Again, I just said that in the intro yeah. of the pod. We just, I just lost both my grandmothers. Luckily, they had insurance in place so that yeah. we wouldn't we wouldn't scraping together. Family didn't have to come out of pocket to do that, that part. Like you're not destroying your community, you're building your community, and you're getting paid well to do it. Exactly, bro. Hey, man, that's hard, dog. I like the method that you took as well because you did the final expense route yeah. and you targeted the old folks, the people who are going to check the, uh, the actual check the mailbox, mailbox, dog. Exactly. That's but, hard. But now I kind of want to get into this, right? So you've been, you've been a hustler, businessman. I want to talk about the financial literacy side of things, right? For sure. So, like, making money is one thing, but keeping yeah, yeah. it is a completely different. So when did the financial literacy piece come in for you as well? Because I know that definitely is a big part of building a development business. Yeah. So, like, really, bro, like, I was, like, that hood nerd, you feel me? Like, I was always up on finance. Like, you know, my senior year, we took, what's that club we had to take, man? Um, Not world, world economics. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was always, like, a world economics type of dude, like, 
looking at CNN when I was a JIT. We say Florida, we say JIT. I've always been into like finance, numbers, and world economy, looking at other countries and how they do business, you yeah. know, how they make money. And then it kind of was crazy, like when it came to like, you know, if you doing what you're doing, whatever, you know, supply chain, you know how to talk that language, you understand world trade, you understand like how it go, shipping, whatever the case may be. So you just kind of like learn, you understand like, dang, bro, like this is how big business is done at a high level. Now I don't know, you know, I was never the type of nigga in the hood that wanted shoebox money. Yeah. Like I always were like, I'm let y'all niggas be flashy, do what y'all do. That's cool, y'all boy, do it that way. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, that's cool, but I'm on some next level stuff. Yeah. Like I'm trying to make some millions. I'm trying to make a couple of M's. You know, football, I may not make it in football. Though I was really good at football. And I got a whole story about that. Like, you know what I'm saying? But, you know, it just I was always big business. I was a student. You know, I read. I went to the library. I'm trying to gain knowledge. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm trying to understand things because I ain't $10,000 flashing it on, on my back there in my space. That's like, that's low level thinking. Like, yeah. nigga, they're like, yeah, you, you you get one of these little hoes, whatever. That's cool, whatever. But you whatever. run through that little 10 bands trying to Real run fast. <laughs> you feel me? That 10 bands could have made you 100. Could have made you 100 if you knew how to think. Right, right. If you knew how to like play the game, and like anybody like in the streets and in the hood, like where I'm from, if you was really, really like pushing them peas or whatever, like you learned how to like speak to these. Cause yeah, think about it. If somebody selling coke, right? There's a certain type of clientele who can purchase cocaine, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. you gotta have a little bread. You gotta have a little bread. So these people that are coming to buy that type of product from that person, you know, there are people that you know are doctors, mm-hmm. affluent businessmen, affluent people. people. People, right? You need to talk to those people. Like, what do you do for a living? Like, can you tell me about, you know, deals you broke, blah, blah, blah. You'd be amazed the type of gems you can get. If you was a smart street nigga, right? If you just a little corner boy, you have having a conversation. Too. You know what I'm saying? So corner boy, you having those, con- like, I remember when I was like 13, having those conversations. 12, like, I'm, I'm a jit. But of course, like, I, you know, God did other things in my life, so I didn't have to continue to Go have those conversations, mm-hmm. whatever. But, you know, it's just like, when you really think about how life works and how everything goes full circle and how God, like, uses the bad in your life and turn it for good, it just be, like, crazy. Like, when you look back on it, like, okay. It was all for a reason. Yeah. They say, you got a plan. We yeah. might not see it right then and there. Trust and believe. Whenever you go through them storms and them different seasons, it may uh-huh. seem like it's like, damn, nigga, this is going to keep coming down. Like, can, yeah, can yeah. I get a little sunshine through the rain? But the rain, well, how Frankie Beverly and them said it? Uh, it's my joy and pain. Yeah, joy, the joy and pain. And like sunshine. Yeah, the, it wouldn't rain. feel so good if it weren't for the rain. Yeah, that's that's 50 nah, cent. Really. <laughs> oh, shit, my bad. Joy wouldn't feel so yeah, good if it sure. wasn't for pain. Yeah, yeah, I, for sure. I for think sure. he stole that for Frankie then, man. He oh, might have, but did. I know for sure he said that shit. He said that too, yeah. <laughs> that part, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. okay. But that's, okay, so damn, I forgot what I was going next. Uh if you forgot where you going, I know what I kind of want to get uh, into, right? So once again, you you made this transformation. You said, okay, I'm going to get my shit together. I'm done smoking weed, fucking these hoes and everything. What did you do to change in your daily life? Like, what's your daily routine looking like now to help you keep the success? Uh, for me, man, like, the biggest thing, man, I got to wake up and talk to God, bro. Like, you know, that's my biggest aim. I try my best. You know, Sundays I don't. I be doing stuff I ain't got to, I don't shit be doing, mess with these girls. But, you know, <laughs> but, like, on the cool, though, like, you feel me? I start, I, like, my biggest thing, I got to start my day with God, bro. Like, 
because like now I'm like I'm humbled because I know where I come from and I know I got so many homeboys that I grew up with or people that I just know that they then jail or they did, bro. Like mm-hmm. my best friend that really got me on this path, he committed suicide. Damn. Yeah. Sorry to hear that, brother. Yeah, sorry to hear that, man. You know, it's a part of life, dog. You feel me? You know, my dog, rest in peace, uh, Jarvis Cooper, he committed suicide in 2011. And I was in college in my junior year. was so, uh, 32 now, so at that time I was... 2011 21? How old I was yeah, about I was 21 So my I, think, I believe it was my junior year You know He died right around Thanksgiving So You know Before that God was like Pulling at me Trying to get me To change my life Do do things a little differently But that really like Gave me that, that Push that I needed To like Alright Man Let me go to church or something. Let me figure something out Cause Now I really see Like bro I'm really lost In this world bro Like as a black man bro I thought I had a clue Cause I was making a little, some little shoebox money. I had I had some bands on me, whatever. I thought I understood the epitome of life, but when I looked at the totality of my situation, bro, like I was a sad, lost individual. You know, a sad young man with no purpose, no direction. Mm. And had I continued to go down that route, bro, who knows, bro? Like could have been dead or in jail. You know, it didn't really was you my only routes with the mentality that I had. Cause you know, life, money, success is really a hundred percent mentality. You know what I'm saying? I'm gonna say forty percent mentality, and sixty percent God. But man, your mentality has a lot to do with it, bro. Mm-hmm. Like the way that you think, bro. What did you think? The way that you think about this world, what did you think about this life, and the way that you think about God is everything when it comes to like as a black man or a man in general, and how you get to that next level in God, how you get to that next level in business, how you get to that next level in leadership, leading your family, leading your community, whatever the case may be, like. As a man think of, right? As a man will be. That's just what it is. Mm. How you think, bro, it impacts every aspect of your life. So, uh, mm, That was sure. a good answer. Yeah. And I hate where I'm about to go with this, man. Uh, but I have an intrusive, ignorant thought, man. I have an intrusive, ignorant thought, bro. Nah, man, I got to ask this shit, man. <laughs> I know you say you be messing with these women, dog. Nah, have you ever sure. had to sling some penis to close a deal, man? <laughs> Yo, hey, hey, I ain't even gonna hold you. Like, I've never had to, cause I'm not a realtor. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, now I will say this: like, they be slanging the coochie at me. <laughs> to like, they try to get the You feel me? They, uh, it hit different. You know what I'm saying? Like, hey, that look, Yo. bro, this is a seven figure house. You know what, <laughs> what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? She know her mind, like. Really, I could change her life. Yeah, like, yeah, oh, yeah. this nigga's changing, building I'm it. I'm changing their lives. Like, because, like, I'm, I done made my millions in real estate. You know, all grand, no scandal. You feel me? So it's like, you feel me? Women, how li- I've noticed is they look at me like, damn, bro. Like, oh, if I sell one of his house, he got $500,000 listening. He got like five. I can lock his ass up and get all of them. Get locked on, lock on, woo, woo. And then her mind, like, she putting her phone. You feel me? She said vacations she and Louis vacations. bags. <laughs> hey, so she, huh? She said five hundred thousand times three percent. Oh, that's fifteen bands. She gonna make list of my house. Oh, this nigga got six on. Like I'm really, I can really change a girl life. You do, you sell six of my houses, and I got a lot of projects. I got, I got over forty homes. I got to build. What so, six times fifteen? That's that's just a, if the house is five hundred thousand. Yeah, I'm just, we gonna roll yeah. down as the like ninety thousand. I'm change. I can change her life. Like. Most niggas can't really put a girl in a position to make no 90 bands, 100 bands, whatever. 
So, like, really, I'm changing her life. Like, you not really. She can't change my life. You know, move. she could change a little bit. She get my house so I'm going to make my 200 150 But that's how it be. Like, they be trying to, like, slang it on me because I ain't got to yeah. slang it on her. You feel me? The clothes, no deal. It's just, I got y'all. I, I got some you Maybe you, maybe you, if you had a plot of land, you know, she ain't want to sell it or something <laughs> like that. Hey, <laughs> baby, I need I got, that. Sorry, sorry for my intrusive thoughts, man. opinion for property is wild. Yo, property P, pushing P. Literally a new definition for pushing P, though. Pushing P. Wow. Hey, Sorry, y'all. Sorry, y'all. Sorry, y'all. That's funny as hell. But no, Will. Damn it, boy. You just dumbass. You got me off the track again. No, but I'm back at it. So, Will, yeah. no, bro, you posted on your story earlier today something that I wanted to talk about on the pod. Uh, you said, bro, you just talk about it. Four mil in the pipeline with this development yeah, that you got sure. going on, bro. First Jesus. off, tell me how it feel, brother. That's what I want to know. How does it feel knowing that, like, damn, bro, there's four mil in the pipeline. You know what I'm saying? I just got to make it happen. Hey there. Ever thought about what makes your heart beat a little faster? Oh, you mean like when you discover a new track that just speaks to you? Yeah, or finding a movie that you can't stop thinking about? Well, get ready to feel that excitement all over again because Amazon Prime is here to take your entertainment and shopping experience to the next level. Absolutely. Prime isn't just about getting your packages quicker. It's about diving into a world of endless possibilities, from the latest releases to exclusive content you won't find anywhere else. And don't even get me started on the music. Prime offers concert specials that will transport you right to the front room. It's like being at the hottest gigs without leaving your living room. I use Prime to tap in with some of my favorite artists' live shows from any and every genre of music. Trust me, Prime is a game changer. It's like having a personalized superstore and entertainment hub right at your fingertips. So why wait? Head over to Amazon.com forward slash Prime and start experiencing entertainment like never before. When something happens to your kitchen, you might say, This is ludicrous. But that won't fix your home. That will only get you the rapper, Ludicrous. Having trouble? Don't panic. Don't be alarmed. You need to file a claim? Holla at State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. That's right. You can file a claim on the app or call us. Thanks, Mr. Chris. No matter how ludicrous the situation, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm, Bloomington, Illinois. I mean, honest, bro, like, type of nigga I am, bro, like, I just be like, man, it's just, it's just some money, man. I got, I don't get too lost in the sauce, you mm -hmm. feel me? Like, I don't be counting sheep, you feel me? I don't be, like, so focused on the money, like, trying to touch it. I just go down and not grind, you feel me? And I get into leadership. So, my mind's all about leadership. The better I lead, the more realizes, realizable and attainable it is to go get this bag. Because mm -hmm. it's really all about leading these people towards an objective and a goal, making sure they get what they need financially, treating people good, your contractors, the people that work for you, because that's going to make you get to that, me get to that for me. Mm -hmm. It's making sure that they get whatever they need along the way. You know what I'm saying? I got to pay them too. So uh, part of that for me that I'm making, I may spend like 13. When I say 13 million, like the bank money. I'm going to spend a whole lot of the bank money in order to get there. And a mm -hmm. part of that bank money is paying salaries and paying people and employees, whatever the case may be. But so I just focus on the people because I know the people going to help me get to my goals and my dreams. 
So like I just I don't really be focusing on the bag. I'm like, it's cool, whatever, I'm gonna get that bag, whoop whoop. But I'm always thinking about the next play, the next development, like, okay, damn nigga, nigga get this for me, what's next? I'm trying to get me an apartment, I'm gonna do this, I'm gonna do that. I'm always like like a ghost, like I'm trying to what's next, bro. Like instead of getting the rest yeah, of your laurels, yeah, thinking about the next move. Got mm-hmm. to, you feel me? So you, you this is the forty homes that you gotta build that's gonna be that deal? Nah, so actually, I ain't got a bill for what I want to make that. Okay. So on this, I got my one development on Pennsylvania Avenue. The city just like literally approved my replat, my final plat. Okay. Right, last right, week. Okay. What is platting with the city? Just real right, quick. Yeah, my bad. So platting is like, so as a developer, right? I mean, I'm gonna break it down to what a developer is, right? A developer is an individual that buys land and and builds new construction homes, right? Whether it's single family. Multi-family apartments, whatever, um, duplexes, townhomes, they basically build and develop raw land, right? Mm-hmm. Some developers buy land, go to the city, right? They hit up the city or they walk up to the city, whatever city you is in, uh, in America, and you can replat the land, right? Mm-hmm. Because you want to get maximum use on one piece of property. Gotcha. The lot, you know, as is, may, you may be only able to build one home. But if you go to the city and do some digging and some research on it, they may say, like, hey, you know, you can actually build six homes on this one lot. So you go through the replanting process to try to make it go from one home to six homes. So what I did on this one, um, I went to the city to try to get them to go from one house. Well, it was a church. I bought a church. Um, it was a whole lot of stuff with that. <laughs> but I bought a church. Um, I had to basically pay off the church to leave. They weren't paying no rent. Yeah. So I had to pay the church. You know, I had to pay bro like 10 bands to get him to leave so he can transition to wherever else he was going to go to. So I paid him 10 bands, bought the truck for 130000 So I paid 130 bands. Ooh, there you go. Ooh, da, da, da. Had to pay him another 10 for him to slide, for him to mm-hmm. clear. So that 140 I spent that 140 went to the city. Like, hey, I want to turn this, this, this church that I'm about to tear down into eight homes. So I went to the city, replanted it, and, you know, went through a whole year legal process with civil engineers you know structural engineers talking to this city <clears throat> department that city department in order for us to all come together with one clear mind on how we're gonna do this development right they're asking you well do we need to get street lighting you know what about you know this alleyway it's a lot of back and forth comments whatever sewer and sewer, all that is. you know infrastructure it's a lot of stuff that There's goes that red tape that, that red tape about. yeah but, you know, I went through that, you know, finally, you know, got it approved. And now I'm able to, you know, make it do what it do, make money on. But that's just one piece of the four million I'm making. That's one deal. Um, I got some lots that, you know, I'm doing some million-dollar deals, right? So my million-dollar homes, I make much more, right? Mm-hmm. I'm going to make 500. I'm going to make half a million easy or plus on a. Just one sale. Yeah, on a million-dollar something home, like a mm-hmm. $1.5 million home. I make like 500, whatever. Give or take, depending on how much I paid for the land. So I got a couple of those. Like I got like a lot of that type of stuff. Like it's mixed in mm-hmm. to get me to that four million. And my business model is not hard if I work it the way I need to work it. You feel me? Mm-hmm. So I got a question with the million dollar homes, right? Or even just with the development in general. What type what of money are you putting question. into? Huh? I was one of you guys to ask my yeah. question. Is that what you were no, asking? No, my question okay. different. What type of money yeah. are you putting into that, right? If you building a million dollar home that you're going to sell, how much did it actually cost you to make that, to build that million dollar home? I mean, every, 
every uh, area is different, but I give you a real life example. Mm-hmm. So um, I got a house I just built. Um, I bought the land for two fifty. It was a home, knocked the home down. The construction cost was like seven fifty. Right to get into the deal, I had to put down whatever I had to put down. So my loan on that home was like nine fifteen. Okay. Um, I'm probably gonna sell this house for. This market is a little different. This is the one in Mid Hollow. Now I got another one. Okay. So I got my personal home over there, and I got another one. So my personal home, we ain't gonna talk about personal home. I'm just gonna talk about this deal. That one pressure, by the way. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, it's pressure. Go it's follow on page. Instagram. Go follow, yeah, go follow on Instagram. All grounds, no scam. Yeah. You feel me? But so this house, bro, uh, cost me about. We'll call it a million for mm-hmm. perfect math purposes, and I can sell it for like if I want it. So if I want it gone quick. I probably sell it for like one point seven five. I could probably get one point eight eight five. We was in the old market before the interest rates, you know, messed Shout up out. the world. I would have got probably two million two one. But yeah. hey, we in a different market. Yeah. So you would have put so, in a million and pulled out a million. Yeah, I would have made like one point one. But now I'm gonna probably make like at the realtor fee because you got fees. So like mm-hmm. a lot of times people cap. They don't tell you how this all work. You feel me? Yeah. So you gotta. If I'm selling the house for one point eight million, right? So I gotta pay realtors, the buyer's agent, and I gotta pay the, the seller's agent. That's six percent off the dump. Uh, of, uh, that's six percent off the purchase price. Yeah, you have the purchase price, not off of what you making. So at one point eight million, I gotta pay six percent on my nigga. That's one hundred eight thousand. Boom, that's gone. Plus closing costs. So closing costs about one or two percent. So if you do one point eight million times eight percent, I gotta pay one hundred and forty four bands in closing costs. Roughly. So that's out of your profits. That's out of, out of that, my profit. Yeah. So if I built it for a million and then I'm selling it for one seven five, so you do that seven hundred and fifty minus minus one forty four. So you, and you like make six, about six oh six. Six oh six. Yeah, you still making good still money. Great money. Yeah, yeah. Great money, yeah. So oh, I say the half a million more realistically, I like to undersell over deliver then like oh I'm gonna make because I could easily lie and say, Oh yeah, I'm gonna make Eight nine hundred thousand, but now nah, nigga, you gotta pay closing costs, mm-hmm. and that's one hundred and fifty bands. Like out of my damn, that it's gone. I gotta pay realtor. I gotta pay people. Now to them, you know, to a realtor, that's a big check. Like you just made three percent on a one point seven million dollar house. That Lord, you made fifty something bands. That's still good money for just finding a buyer. But the reason, right? People at that price won't get paid as well as they do. Like you have to like. Like it ain't it ain't as easy as just oh we just list your house on MLS and sell it. Mm-hmm. The transaction now, time longer. It, transaction time can be longer, but that person has to have a different type of network. It's just like for niggas in the street selling dope, like you got a different type of network that's buying mm-hmm. cocaine. Like mm-hmm. most regular black people not buying no cocaine. Just like most regular people in general ain't buying a one point five million dollar house. Your network is a lot different. You know a lot more affluent people. Mm-hmm. You know you got certain networks. You know, you got that realtor should be able to get your your home, your list in the publications. You know, these fancy, rancy, pantsy yeah. pub- publications the, and stuff. The ones that the, the people with the bread yeah. gonna actually be reading. You be reading, you yeah. know what I'm saying? On some it, HGTV they ain't type This ain't shit. that Zillow shit yeah, right here. No, this ain't no Zillow. Like, these niggas on golf courses, brokering deals, they country clubs. Like, they talking to some people. And we're in Dallas. I'm blessed and fortunate, you know, to be living in Dallas where... Man, this is the corporate mecca. People got money. Mm-hmm. There, there are executives. There are partners at law firms. It's a lot of people that got money here. And me, like I separated myself because, like, 
I've learned really quickly, like, bro, as a black man, you got to take your pride out of it. If you in this million dollar game, bro, they can't know it's a black man that's building these homes. So you got to you got to take your black face off, unfortunately, because whether you like it or not, we all using the same Mexican contractors to build these homes. But for some reason, because you black, they think you got less quality. Mm. It's just the presence. That's of the crazy when you really say it, but that's you know really saying? the truth. That's the hard, it real the deal, Holyfield. Yeah, because they feel like you're less competent to actually get the job done. And that's bullshit. That's no, bullshit yeah. because it's it's Mexican and black people building all these homes. But for some reason, the white end user or whoever that is that's buying a home, for some reason they have this this stench or this hysteria, right? That we cut corners, which I would agree. Which is why it's hard for me to partner with a lot of people. I haven't really found capable, like trustworthy, like mm-hmm. black people to really go into business with and run this bag up. So I can understand where they coming from, but I've just learned, like, bro, you gotta humble yourself and be like, bro, it's about this bag. Like everybody ain't gotta know that I built this house. Which is why I posted less and less on social media because I started to notice, like, okay, for some reason people have this weird, oh, if a black person built it, then. Something must be wrong with it. I mean, we we seen it's that like, with like it's for some reason when it comes to black people in real estate, they just automatically devalue it. But I think yeah. that's one of the things we had that conversation before. We need more black appraisers to combat that racial bias in that because obviously it's, it's an obvious real racial bias there. And I talked with an appraiser, a brother named Marcus Hill. Shout out to Marcus. Nah, for sure. Um, he was letting me know it's only like four percent of appraisers are black. That's it's like crazy. accountants, bro. Like yeah. very niche stuff. But Even with uh, engineers, I think only two percent of engineers are black. Yeah, like it's it's very niche, but that shit. It this is what makes a big difference in the wealth gap. We talked about that with Vernon mm-hmm. when we talked with him. The number one driver, like okay, so black wealth renaissance. The thing that started us getting on this wheel was we seen the statistic <coughs> twenty fifty three the black family net worth zero right. The number one driver for real for wealth is real estate. We know that. that. Part. The reason that the difference between the net worth of a homeowner and a non-homeowner, I want to say it's like eight thousand dollars for a non-homeowner versus one hundred seventy-five k. If less black people own houses and less black people are involved in real estate in the process of generating wealth in real estate, we're always going to be behind the eight ball. So it's important we had these conversations. Like even when you saying that. Like, this is something where people got to wise up. Like, okay, I get into the development. Maybe I do need to move a little different. So like, I kind of want to ask you, what's some of the things whenever you're moving in these spaces that you've had to to do differently to make sure that you're getting these deals closed? Man, it's, it's a lot of things, bro. Like, I think the biggest thing I learned, especially when you're dealing with bigger bags, I'm not dealing with no $50,000 bag, no $100,000 bag. I'm, I have some deals that I'm making in some real paper. Mm-hmm. I got the proofs in the pudding. Like my Cedar Hill home, I made well over four hundred thousand. Like I've done, I've done that. When you're dealing at this higher level, it requires a high level of thinking, mm-hmm. and you have to be. You have to dot your eyes, cross your t's, and you have to be an expert. When you speak to this title company, you got no more than them. Especially as a black person, when you speak with your lenders, you always got no more than them. You gotta be thorough with your paperwork. You know, you gotta you know get a legal team. Cause these are all the people you gonna need at the table when it comes to like playing with them, playing with playing with them boys, like playing with that. You know, in the hood we call it playing with that magic, mm-hmm. playing with that salt. You know what salt is like? Hey, you gotta, you can't be, you can't be no goofy. You feel me? Yeah. You gotta know what's going on, bro. Like, cause if you don't, in the streets you can get killed. And in this business, man, your reputation can be killed. So you gotta know how to talk, conduct business, 
you got you got to be consummate a consummate professional you know stand on business you know learn how to enunciate yourself so like I cold squits you know I could be a hood will when I'm talking with these bankers like I slow down and I enunciate myself like I'm doing now mm-hmm. you know good morning John you know when we talk about this deal we're gonna break it down this way da 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 you gotta know how to move in these different circles and show them you ain't no goofy you ain't no lame you feel me so it's just like those are that's one of the biggest pieces of information I can get anybody you gotta know your business you gotta know your stuff you gotta become a student of you know finance like supply chain cause you gotta know how to buy get your products to lower those costs I'm able to get the profits I'm getting you know same person doing the same thing I'm doing probably would've got made 400 cause they don't know how to cut their costs mm-hmm. or they probably made 350 on a house I'm making 600 something cause supply chain means a lot that's how my, my you know my costs go up so like I don't know if they answer your question like you gotta you feel me no it does and then you kind of answer one of the questions that I want to ask you as well Be- before the- you go into another question I kind of just want to highlight what you're talking about with the appraisal in the black neighborhoods and everything yeah. like that I just uh, looked it up I was looking for the stat so there is once again black neighborhoods are valued way differently than white neighborhoods yeah. so the average home on home for white America's White Americans is four hundred forty thousand mm-hmm. dollars versus the average home in a black neighborhood being two hundred and thirty thousand dollars. And almost half, right? So that's two hundred and what ten thousand dollars of net worth that's being taken away from black people yeah. due to in they even did a study where if you cross a specific like zip code or you could be in the same zip code, but you can go over a certain road or something. Right. And the homes can be similar, almost identical with the same features and amenities, but this home was appraised for far more than what that, uh, white, what the black neighborhood would appraise for. So I wanted to just talk about some of the ways that we're being robbed of our wealth by not being Given a fair shake yeah. of our value of our uh, homes. Yeah, so back in the day, uh, I did a, a video a while back about redlining. You know, and what I talked about in it is, you know, what the enemy meant for bad, God meant for good. Mm-hmm. So, you know, back in the day, what redlining is. Yeah. And a lot of people that's, you know, that's, that's going to be looking at this podcast, they probably have a general idea. But essentially, all across America, it's kind of weird. Like, in Florida, they put all the niggas in the flood zones. But now it's kind of like I said, well, God, more what the devil meant for bad, God meant for good. Now all, you know, the, the white, they, they white nieces, nephews, and people that came after them, they want to be by the beach. Mm-hmm. In these same places that were flood zones, they mm-hmm. want to be there now. Now the homes, you know, back in the day, you know, was worth nothing, but now they're worth, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars more. No different than Dallas, right? They put the niggas in just about any hood. Yeah, you Fair can think Park, of, South, Fair Park, South, South Dallas, Dallas, all of that. But they close by downtown. What the devil meant for bad, God always turns around for our good. That future, you know, generations can be a blessing to it. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And that's all across the country, bro. No matter where you go, they always, for some reason, put the niggas near downtown. That's real. That's facts. That's facts. Yeah, in, yeah. The, in the city is what they call in it. In the inner city. But the inner city, man, it's the best city, man. Because, like, years from now, it's always the biggest real estate place. It's always the place where they want to put these tall skyscrapers and buildings. And... And now, you know, everything has changed, though, from architecture, what people like. You know, people want to be able to wake up in the morning and see downtown Dallas, downtown Atlanta, 
downtown Memphis, downtown Miami, downtown Fort Lauderdale, downtown LA. No matter, it it works the same way. You any downtown you go to in the world is hood as hell. You right? It's homeless people. It's just like what the hell? And then you know, shit. I'm loose as that fucking laugh. Yeah, hood as fuck downtown. You know what I'm saying? But you can go build a house down there if you got a good enough. You nigga pay a, a premium price for it. Mm-hmm. If it's in the, the convenience, yeah. Especially whenever you like you said you targeting that certain uh, demographic. They got a law firm downtown. Why? Yeah. And people like that, they value time, so they gonna pay a premium to say, okay, I, I can cut my commute time down to work, and then I'm at mm-hmm. a premium viewpoint. Premium viewpoint. That's how the game go. Like that's why I started building in Fair Park. Like. Like, dang, bro, I got a downtown view, downtown Dallas view. Like, mm-hmm. duh, nigga, I'm finna buy some land over here for the cheap. And, I, you know, I wasn't the first to start buying land, but I was one of those early adopters. And I, and I was one of the first people that had that vision on my section of Fair Park. You know, on Latimer Street, nobody had, at that point, nobody had ever gone over 500000 People thought I was crazy. Like, I ain't know what the hell I was talking about. I don't know what I'm doing. Oh, he goofy. He He tripping. He ain't gonna sell that house for no five hundred fifty thousand, and I did. Not no black neighborhood. Not no black not neighborhood. historically black not neighborhood. You feel me? Not no fair part. It's man, MLK right here, and I did it because God tell you to do something, you just do it, bro. Like, and it's verifiable proof. Three one one two Latimer Street. Dallas, Texas, 75215. My boy said, "Look it up in the county records." Don't don't play with him. Don't play with me. Like it's just, you know. So, I, I do have a question with that, right? So with that. How do you also not displace some of the people that's in the neighborhood whenever you do something like that? That's a real good question, dog. So, you know, a lot of times you get the question about gentrification, um, but I look at it like this. Like, what has plagued our community for so long is we don't own nothing. Mm-hmm. So when you look at it from a displacement perspective, when you look at the data, the analytics, and the, and the statistics, the actual data, everybody there is renting homes from white investors. Indian investors, other ethnicities, Jewish, mm-hmm. whoever, which, you know, I got no issues with my, you know, my other folks, you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? But I'm not pushing nobody out. The developers aren't pushing people out. It's the people who own these homes. They're going like, to raise the rent. Their home, they raise the rents. Like, and they're in it to make profit. No one, when you're building generational wealth, no one buys a home for it to be worth the same price that you bought it for five years ago. That's right. crazy That's as hell. Fact. That's not yeah. an investment. That's not an investment. Like, you don't buy a stock and then say some crazy-ish like, oh, damn, one, y'all raising up my, I got to pay more taxes on my dividends on my stock. Why the hell y'all doing this? You're not going to say that. You're going to gladly pay them damn extra dividends on them stocks. No different when I hear this notion of, oh, y'all displacing these people, y'all developers. I'm like, first and foremost, you know, Auntie, Auntie Sally May don't own that damn house. She rent the house, you know. So it's this weird thing that these people own these homes and most of them don't. Because a lot of our grandmas, you know what I'm saying, they got into bad loans. We didn't understand finance. We didn't understand banking. And we lost those homes a long time ago. Now we renting them. So it's not a lot of people whose grandmas own stuff anyways. So when they start talking about this displacement stuff, it's just not entirely true. Mm-hmm. So in my experience in Fair Park, a lot of those people rent. They don't own. So, like, it's hard. It's kind of impossible for me to displace somebody that didn't never own something to be displaced from. You know, the real issue is it's at a city level. You know, I don't the city has so much land, they got these land banks, and they're the the people who are supposed to do affordable housing. It's not on the developer mm-hmm. to build affordable housing, it's on the city. This is what we pay taxes at. 
And, you know, they have a, a cost basis for a reason. So when people like me go to the city and I want to replant land, it would be in their best interest from a tax basis perspective to allow me to build eight or 12 homes. But for some reason, the city, to me, are the biggest oppressors. They're still in that same archaic, like, you know, gentrification, not gentrification, but um, red line mindset, keep niggas here, we're going to keep y'all there. And you, and when you look at their systems and their processes and the people that's been working there for 30, 40 years, they're one of the few entities in which, you know, some dude who, you know what I'm saying, was working there since the 70s is still working there. And we know if he was yeah, working in the 70s. Yeah, that he nigga still got that same mindset. that same mindset. So, you know, they try to put the onus on developers and, you know, builders. It's like, you know, we, we ain't to make money like anybody else, but that's the city's job. That's not our job. Mm-hmm. Like, the city has taxpayers' money, and they have to get more creative in creating, like, you know what I'm saying, affordable housing for these people and partner with the right builders and developers to actually execute it. Mm-hmm. That's not on, That's not the responsibility of a builder or a developer. It, it can't, it's impossible. It's only, it's so many, it's a hundred, the builders and developers, and it's, this, it's the city's the city. It's their job. It's not our job. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, no, nah, that's a good answer, bro. I appreciate that. Yeah, I'll let you so, get into it now. No, I, I don't even want to go into that one because he answered my question on that one. But, Will, I did want to ask you this because, obviously, you've been in the development game, what, almost a decade now at this point. Yeah. Uh, you, you recently started your own course to start helping people learn how to do development the right way. For the people who they're hearing this, they're like, man, this brother understands it, like, and they want to tap in. How can they learn more about real estate development with you? Yeah, like, I, I would tell anybody, like, I get, like, a thousand DMs, bro, and I, I, I ain't no count, bro. I would show you, like, man, my DM be flooded with people wanting to learn more oh, about I'm what it is know. I How can I get started? Hey, the biggest thing I tell people, dog, you know, I built this course because I want to give people that ground-level framework to be able to, the things in which I've shared on this podcast, I want them to be able to talk like me and understand what it is that I'm saying, right? And then from there, you know, we could do more one-on-one, you know, let, let me help you and coach you in your first deal. Let me walk you through a deal. You know, in, in my course, I talk about, you know, the financing piece. A lot of the stuff I literally just talked about is in this course, like legit. Like a lot of these gems I share is in the course on top of like I walk through an actual budget. This is how you create a budget, you know, for a house that you're about to build. You know, land purchase, buying sheetrock, you know, um, foundation work from A to Z. You know, profit, the fundamentals. The fundamentals. Um, because if you don't have the fundamentals, having a conversation with, with me is pointless. Like, you finna pay me to do what? You finna pay me, talk with me for an hour on the phone, and you don't know none of these damn fundamentals. Your situation not yeah. even right for you to take advantage of this. Exactly. You don't got you don't got the bread. You, you just see me on Instagram. He's man, this nigga making money. I want to do this too. Like, nah, bro. Like, there's some thousand. steps, brother. There's some steps. Yeah. Like, invest this $1,000 and, like, I'm going to take you to college. Go through my college course, get what you need, and then come back and highlight me. And then we can really talk about some next steps. Like, all right, all right, just like using the streets. All right, I'm about to give you this, see what you're going to do with it. All right, you brought that pack, you brought it back. All right, all right, this little nigga, this little nigga, he, he a little hustler. Ooh, ooh, all right. I might bet. front you a little bit I on the next one. I might front you a little bit on the next one. All right, cool, bet. All right, all right next up, go get you some business credit. This is what you got to do. Okay, cool, boom. You got your credit scores of 680. You got your 5,000 bidders credit. Oh, damn, damn. We can actually actually 
put what you did in this thousand dollar course to use now. Now that mm-hmm. you got this business credit, fifty thousand, hundred thousand, hundred fifty thousand. Oh, we can talk about it. I can get into the big boy terms now because you can actually do something about it. You got a hundred thousand. You can go do your first development. Mm-hmm. It's just teaching people that way, and that's why it's so important. I tell people the course is on that thousand dollars. Like spend a little thousand dollars, do what you got to do. Thousand dollars ain't nothing. Like if you can't spend a thousand dollars for the groundwork framework, what the hell are we talking about? Trying to help you to make a hundred thousand when you can't even spend a thousand dollars. This is how I see it. So, man, that's that, that's good. And that mindset is the biggest part. I don't care how much money you got. If that mindset not right, you you ain't gonna be able to take advantage of none of that shit. Thing, what, what what's the name of the uh, course as well, and where can they get it at? Yeah, so the name of the course is Real Estate Development Made Easy, and um, the course is in the link in my bio on Instagram. You need to just look at the link in my bio. Um, you can either subscribe, um, put your email, or you can go straight to the course. You literally click the link in my bio on Instagram, and it'll take you directly to the course. You can literally buy it right now as we speaking. You feel me? And then after that, after I direct people to, um, you know, kind of like get interactive with the mm-hmm. course. You can post questions, comments, concerns. And then from there, you know, we can do more one-on-one, like consulting on how to really go from A to Z on your first deal. So, hey, Will, can you do something special for our people, my brother? You know, I, sure I got to got ask you, man. We can drop it down there in the show, those five people. Uh, if we, a little special discount, maybe 10, 15, whatever, 15 for sure. Whatever you can, whatever you want to do, whatever whatever God put on your heart, my brother. <laughs> y'all sure. know BWR. Y'all know we be looking out for you. My wealthy yeah. people, we going to build this wealth together. Hell, yeah. Changing this there. Big there wealth energy. Family. Big wealth energy. Right, Season know. five, you so, heard me. But... Will, brother, appreciate you joining us, man. This has yes, been a sir. fire episode. We definitely going to run it back. And I want to uh, get some more content because, like, bro, we got to pull up on one of this man developing. Yeah, no. Nah, like, yeah. Y'all uh, need to see the work that this brother's doing because that house, when I say it's pressure, y'all go follow him on Instagram. Y'all go see what I'm saying. They'll be like, Dave, you was right. That shit is pressure. I'm going to go check pressure, it out, Not man. a little pressure, y'all. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to go check it I'm out. I'm telling you. But, Will, again, appreciate you joining us, brother. For, sure, for anybody sure. that want to tap in with you, I know we mentioned your social. Can you let them know how, how they can get with you on social? Uh, if they want to work with you, they want, they're trying to buy a home. Let, let them know how they can tap in. Oh, yeah, for sure. Like, you know, you can reach out to me on Instagram, Purpose Builder, DFW, on Facebook, Will Cyrus, um, email info at PBD, like Paul Benny David, H-O-M-E dot com. Any one of those three ways, you know, so you can holler at your boy. I got something for you. Hey man, once again, appreciate you for coming through, my brother. This has been a great, great episode. Yeah, no scam. Yeah, I love it. I love it, my brother. Uh, So for all the listeners, thank y'all for always rocking with us. Once again, we're gonna keep on applying this pressure. We do have some more coming in the pipeline for you guys. Uh, I know it's been a little drought on our end, but we're gonna make sure we keep. The drought is over. Yeah, yeah. We're gonna gonna make sure we keep on running it up. Uh, (laughs) Once again, we. We had a few things going on, and we'll get that in, get into that on another episode. But y'all, make sure y'all like, comment, subscribe, leave a rating, leave a review. Let us know what y'all thought about this episode. Y'all, make sure y'all tap in. Go to blackwealthrenaissance.com. 
If you're on your podcast app, hit that subscribe button, hit that notification bell. I need all of that. I need y'all to make sure y'all tapping in. Also, shout out to the Black Men's Summit. Black Men's Summit is coming I, back you know, in Atlanta. <laughs> Black Men's Summit is in Atlanta, November 4th. We back. We back. We back. We better. I'm back and I'm better. Black Men's Summit going crazy this year, y'all. So, y'all make sure y'all sure. pull up. Early bird tickets are actually still available right yeah. now. So don't miss out on this event, man. It's going we November 4th. We in no Atlanta. Man, I was about to say Dallas. We was in Dallas last yeah, year. No, we're in Atlanta, Atlanta this year. Atlanta. Man, we got time. Pastor Jamal Bryant is one of the keynote speakers, and we got a lot more. And we just great confirmed speakers. him 500, Marcus Barnett. So oh, oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we, we lit. So yeah, yeah look, it's going crazy. Black Men Summit. Fellas, you want to be there. This is the place. For you to come as a king, as a leader in the community, to build with brothers and yeah. leave to lead that legacy. Our, our whole theme this year is celebrating kingship. And you, you are, are that, that king. king. Come be celebrated. Let's get into it. We're going to have some really, really dope stuff. Shea Moisture is our sponsor this year. So you already know how they coming. We're going to have a little grooming station. You're going to be able to get you a little, you know, facial. Make sure your skin right. We're gonna, we got some yeah. we got some great sure stuff good. coming. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Being man made, just all that rough and rugged shit yeah, sometimes. We gotta, we gotta so come, sexy, come feel like a king. Like like Prince Hakeem. They going to throw flowers at your feet <laughs> when you pull up. I, I want the, what, what we had on the little, the little braid. I need the, the whole little Oil on, my, on my locks You know what I'm saying We're gonna, <laughs> yeah. we gonna make sure I'm feeling good but, Hell yeah Man you, you had something else? No I ain't got nothing else okay, brother Y'all until next time This is Blackwell Renaissance Signing out Peace If you went on a road trip and you didn't stop for a Big Mac or drop a crispy fry between the car seats or use your McDonald's bag as a placemat, then that wasn't a road trip. It was just a really long drive. Bada ba ba ba. At participating McDonald's.